Welcome to episode 212 of the Apple Maps and App Addict Weekly Podcast. I'm Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of Apple Maps. Join us this week as Trevor, Mario, and I take in some Apple entertainment while exploring space, collecting coins, commanding troops, solving puzzles, and causing general mischief. How you doing tonight, Trevor? I'm doing good. It sounds like a, an eventful week. Especially because yeah, we didn't record last week. Yes, it's been eventful a couple of weeks, and finally we have Apple stuff, and we have big new titles. So it's uh yeah, as we head into this holiday weekend, it's uh finally the App Store is rocking and rolling, and we're about to like go into the freeze. Exactly, and so the big Apple news this week is that AirPods are finally available, and the thing is that Apple didn't make enough but they wanted to just release them in 2016 so they had them go up for pre-order on wednesday i think it was yeah something like that yeah and so it went up for pre-order at seven in the morning and then by the time it so that was for delivery on december 21st by the time it was seven thirty in the morning and this is pacific time already pre-orders had shipped to four weeks so you're not getting them in 2016 and so that means your only option was then to go in the store on the 19th, which is the day we're recording today. And by me here in Southern California, my local Apple store didn't get them. And they said Best Buy might get them. They said they didn't get them and no Best Buys in California got them. So I have no clue. I mean, I've seen reports like in Toronto and various places that Apple stores did get them. But their unit numbers are like in the like dozens. You know, it's not like the hundreds or thousands. So. Right, yeah, the one near me said that they were going to be getting them. I never followed up to see if they actually did because we have this mafia group that kind of camps out and buys anything that's in limited supply, and they have a huge line of people with their gift cards, and then they sell them for tons of money. So I have a feeling that even if they did have them, I don't know that I would even be able to get them. I did order some. Well, my brother ordered them for me because it was supposed to be my birthday gift back in, like, September. Uh, And... I was at the four-week mark. Now when you order them from Apple, it's a six-week lead time on them. And if you go to Best Buy's website, they say they're not even going to have them until February. If you try to order them, it said, we expect to receive these in February. So it's a ways out for any of these. I mean, at least the initial reports of people actually getting them, they're still positive reviews on them, so I'm still excited to get them, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's just a very quiet launch, and then the fact they don't even have the the amount is kind of disappointing. It's really weird because I can't imagine that when they originally planned for late October window that this many things could have come up between, you know, because when Apple usually has these windows, they almost always stick to them. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is there must have been a major manufacturing flaw with them that they had to scrap everything they'd already produced and kind of go back and read to do things or go back and fix all those units that they already produced because otherwise i don't understand how they have so little made that they can't do a real rollout especially this was could bring them in so much money around christmas time it just doesn't make sense yeah this was definitely a big mistake by apple because it's really the best gift thing of their line you're not going to buy somebody a phone and you're not going to buy somebody a mac and really 
iPad sales aren't that hot, so I don't think you're going to buy them an iPad. But headphones that go with, you know, your new headphone jack list iPhone <laughs> 7, it's a really good gift idea to give. And they just completely dropped the ball on this launch where you have a few online to pre-order. And then in stores, you have your own Apple stores getting like 20 or 30 units. And then there's a line of 50 people. And so you're just turning people away. And then it's unsure if they're going to come to carriers or third-party stores, which you said you would give to before Christmas. And, I mean, today's the 19th. Like I said, you only have five shopping days left. Right, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I, I, I was hoping that at least I could go online and pick to pick them up in the store. Like, if the store was going to get some, that I could reserve them so I don't have to go there and wait in line and try to get them. But you don't even have that option. Yeah, that system usually shows up like a week after a new iPhone launches. And with these being even more limited, it's not going to show up till 2017. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean... If you need them for Christmas, good luck. If you don't need them for Christmas, it'll be easy. It's just like any new launch. You'll be able to, it's just like the iPhone 7. You wanted to get an iPhone 7 today. It's You can get the plus and glossy black, and it'll be super easy. Right, yeah. I'm, I, they have these four- and six-week windows, but I'm assuming they're going to come down. They, they usually kind of overestimate on those because they don't want to disappoint you twice. So yeah. they they kind of say much longer lead times, and they usually roll in like a week or two before those times. So I expect more of a two-week wait, not this four to six weeks, but I guess we'll find out. And so that's the AirPods. I haven't actually got to test them since I can't get a pair, but <laughs> yeah. when we do, we can talk about them, I guess. Yep. And so Apple also release something that anyone can get, and that's iOS 10.2, which is available on iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV. And the Apple TV inclusion is probably the biggest portion because there's the new TV app. That TV app is available on your iPhone and iPad, but it definitely excels in the Apple TV to include single sign-on where you sign into your cable or satellite provider, and then all the apps that are connected, you download, you don't have to log into each individual app. And then the TV app, gathers together all the services you connected to, whether it's Hulu or Fox Now or CBS All Access or Showtime or HBO. And then you have this kind of intelligent viewing lineup of, oh, I'm watching this particular show, so maybe you want to watch season three, episode four, because you watched episode three last night. So you have that right in the front place in one specific location no maybe i just didn't see it but i was a little confused as to where to go to even do this single sign-on thing because it showed me the app the new tv app and i launched that on the on the apple tv and then i see the store there and you can i already have a bunch of these apps installed and then as i kind of went into them some of them would then start showing up into like the listings of shows that I might be interested in on the general kind of guide screen. And it, I just didn't see anywhere where I went to, to do with like a single login that then would be carried over to all these other apps. Most of them I've already authenticated. So I didn't know if that's what it was that because I had already authenticated them, it didn't really matter and it would only be new stuff, but I didn't really see it as a clear spot to go to, to do this single authentication. I did it on the phone, not the TV. Okay. And on the phone, the second tab over is Watch Now. You click Get Video Apps, and then it says Watch with your provider. And once you try to get one, that's when it had me log in. 
because okay. Okay. yeah, depending on which provider you had showed you different apps. You know. Uh, okay, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. But I try don't know it where the, it is on the TV. Yeah. Well, it kind of brings up this whole store where you can, and it says that right under them, it says "Watch with your provider," and I clicked on those apps, but because they're already installed, it it was kind of weird. I don't know. I'm gonna try. I'll try it on my phone and see if there's a way to do it there. Maybe it'll sync across, and then things will be fine. But it, it was just a little odd because I couldn't get all my different apps to actually show up in that like common guide it was only showing like a couple of different channels and all the data in that was being populated by those few channels it didn't actually start to do each app as i launched them yeah because then i think you apps have to be updated to support the tv app so like only six apps that i had that were video apps were actually updated for the tv app for 10.2 okay so if you have one that isn't it's not going to connect right away either Okay, yeah, and we're about to hit the the lockdown. Although I just had the other day, my phone said thirty two apps were updated. So who knows? Everyone's rushing out their their apps before that week long lockdown. They're rushing out all their updates and everything to make sure that they're in and get out before Apple does that Apple Connect shutdown for the holidays. Yeah, the one other thing that was weird was that the main page, it's like, here's HBO Now and Hulu and Showtime, log in with your iTunes account. But I don't, you know, subscribe through my iTunes account to these services. Right, yeah, it seemed to want to push those Now versions instead of the Go versions, which you may already have through your cable provider. So you just got to make sure you're launching the correct version of HBO or Showtime and make sure you're those are the ones you're going to to launch so it uses your correct credentials. Yeah, and so it's not perfect and it's going to take some updating. And of course, we've talked about this a couple times. There's no Netflix and no Amazon. And if you watch a lot of stuff on that, their lack of you know being populated in this tv service it's recommending shows but you're watching stuff on netflix and amazon you haven't watched those things for like a couple weeks it doesn't really help right right and so that's 10.2 you can update today there's other bug fixes they added in new emojis as well because why not (laughs) (laughs) and photo fixes and other there's a bunch of stuff in there and so that means it's time for the new apps and tiny bop has a new app it's called space and they've covered the human body, they've covered skyscrapers, they've covered plants and all kinds of stuff. So now we're venturing off the planet Earth to outer space, and it mainly focuses on our galaxy. So you can zoom in and check out Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, and Uranus. And as you zoom in, it's that classic tiny bop form where you slide your finger over to view kind of in-depth of a planet. And then you can kind of interact with each planet's unique setup. Yeah, so it, this one is, uh, it kind of lets you explore both the surface of these planets as well as like you drive that little thing over and it shows you what their core is kind of made up of. And it tells you some of the characteristics of the different planets, like are they cold, are they rocky, and and, and just a really nicely designed app. This is the eighth one in that Explorer series that they have. And it couldn't have been, uh, timed better for its release my nine-year-old has just finished like a whole thing on the planets like a whole unit like a month-long unit on the planets when this came out and she would loved going through this and seeing all the stuff that they talked about and now this is kind of interactive 
the uh, activity she can do with the planets and see kind of this stuff in action, all the stuff she just learned. So uh, she loved it. And it's just like you said, it's the typical tiny bop interface and just the level of polish that they put into these. It's just really nice. And it's both educational and fun for kids to go through these apps. Yeah, they did a good job as usual. And I mean, I keep wanting them to add a little bit more depth. So when you look at Saturn's rings, it tells you what Saturn's rings are made of to create the view that you have. But it never goes that fully in depth. Yeah, I think they keep they do that on purpose just to appeal to like even like as young of a crowd as possible. But I agree. I, I wish it would take that next step and kind of just give you even more information maybe have like a filter to allow you to add on this next level of information just to dive a little deeper into these topics yeah because they have that good you know basis and now it's just time to build on it yep and so that's space by tiny bop it's 2.99 and it's universal that means it's time for new games and there's a big one this week nintendo's <laughs> brought mario to ios and after Apple talked about it during the iPhone 7 event, set up a special App Store page to notify you when it was released. Now the entire App Store, every single featured banner at the top is related <laughs> to Super Mario Run. So hopefully you are aware that it's released. And hopefully you got those <laughs> notifications four hours after it launched, and then for the next four days after it did launch, you just continue to get these notifications saying it's available, because that's what happened to me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and so with Super Mario Run... It's the classic Mario idea, and the developers have fashioned it into a touch-based, what they think touch-based iOS gaming is. So it's a one-touch platformer, where all you're going to do is tap to, for Mario to jump. Mario's going to run automatically. There's no really going back. It's a progression forward. And when I first saw it, I thought it was an endless runner. So I was a little bit surprised in a good way that it's actually a level-based kind of adventure. There's specific, you know, World 1-2, World 1-3 to play. And you'll get to that flag at the end in the classic Super Mario Brothers fashion. And so that's nice. But as you're playing it, you're always relegated to that one touch. And, I mean, it's really, it's as good as you can make a one-touch platformer. But we've seen a bunch of one-touch platformers on iOS. And this just seems like a Mario-skinned version. See, this one, I was so disinterested in it before it came out. I thought it was going to be, like you, I thought it was just going to be this stupid endless runner that they slapped on Mario. But it really does have that feel of like a Mario normal platforming game. It's just you have this odd control system that feels much different than what you're used to for Mario. You want to be able to go back and pick up that coin you missed, and you can't. And that's that's the one part that I find really frustrating with the game is that constant progression forward that you can't go back. But then again, that gets you to replay these levels over and over again, because if you want to get these five pink coins, then you need to time your jumps perfectly and know where you want to be on this level in order to hit those certain marks as you're going through. It isn't just like a tap to jump either there is some nuancing you could do in there where if you tap and then you slide your finger backwards while you're holding on the screen you can cause yourself to free fall immediately to try to like do other things and they have a few of those type of moves in there but 
I don't think they clearly go over that enough in the in the instructions as you're starting to play the game, and it's some it's kind of buried in the in the the tutorial rules that are kind of printed rules in the game, and I think they really need to show you that it's more than just tapping the screen to jump. That there is other kind of controls you can do by sliding your finger around, but it's just not immediately apparent. I, I definitely saw that. And those coins, you know, collecting those coins are surprisingly, you know, offer that incentive to keep replaying these levels to collect all those coins. And then once you collect all five, they introduce two more levels of five coins in tougher spots to add extra incentive to replay. And then that's like the core level-based traditional setup. And then there's this whole Super Mario Rally mode where you go head-to-head with a ghost of another player and you're competing for toads to like your performance. So you want to pull off special moves to get thumbs up and just toad fans. And the person who scores the most points wins all the toads. And then there's a leaderboard based on so you can see all your friends and how many toads you've collected of winning these rally matches. Right. And it's a gamble, too, when you go into one of these matches, because if you lose, you're going to lose toads and you move down the list. And so you kind of have to pick your opponent's carefully because if you think someone's going to be really good or it's in a, a a level that you don't really like that you don't think you can get a lot of coins in then you don't really want to go against that match you want to wait for a different match uh and then the different toads are different colors and those as you collect certain amounts of those different toads of varying colors you start to unlock other buildings because you can decorate your your area with buildings and trees and pipes and other things but then there's also special buildings which you can go to the well where the, it'll give you like some bonus coins or it might give you uh, a ticket or other the when you use your your when you hit these certain levels you unlock those special buildings that now you can build to give you like ongoing rewards as you just come in on a like a daily basis to get those rewards exactly and you those rally tickets i mean you also want to use those sparingly as well yeah they they are pretty free-flowing with it i guess what we we should probably mention the the cost of the game so oh yes it, so it's free to <laughs> to download and play and when you play what you can do is you can do the first three levels of the first world so there's six worlds each world has four levels. It's three levels and a boss battle in each one of those in each one of those six worlds. So for free, you download the game and you can play just those first three levels of world one. You can't play the boss battle. You can try it out, but you can't play through to completion. And so then for ten dollars you basically unlock the entire game. So you pay nine ninety nine, you get all the worlds unlocked. You still have to play through them and unlock them as you play, but you have access to them. And then you get some bonus coins, you get some bonus tickets, and you get one other thing. I don't remember what it was. You got another bonus thing for, for paying the 10 bucks. And so it's a paid game, but they let you get like a free trial. And so I think this is where a lot of the confusion of people coming in, thinking it's like a free-to-play game, but that's not the model that Nintendo went with. And honestly, I like this model, but I understand that users are so built into the idea of this free-to-play and just, you know, all these little microtransaction things. This seems like the best idea where you have a free trial, you can pay, you unlock everything, you don't have to worry about EIAP again. But for some reason, people just, once they think that it's free and it's not, they just throw all these bad reviews 
And then it builds up and, you know, it makes this whole kind of snowball effect of negative perception of the game. Yeah, I didn't get it because I really like this model, too. I thought it was I'd rather not be nickel and dived or barely be able to play the game because they're doing this with this free to play model. I like this model. And Nintendo's stock took a took a hit, even though in the first, I think, three twenty four 24 hours, the game was downloaded more than five million times. And then within the first three days, they made an estimated somewhere between four and eight million dollars in in sales from this. And I don't know why the stock took such a hit or I know why all these people are leaving negative reviews because they wanted to believe this was some sort of free to play game. But it's not. This is that's not how Nintendo works. And I think the stock took a hit because people are afraid that, well, where are they going to get their money if it's not free to play and there's not all these microtransactions? How are they going to get people to keep on paying for this thing? And I don't know. I don't. I think they're just all looking at it wrong, and you just got to look at it for what it is and base it on what it is, not what you thought it was going to be, because that's not what it is. Exactly. And I mean, I don't think they can overcome it now just because it's so late in the game of what iOS is. But, I mean, say Mar or Nintendo doesn't like this, they release Animal Crossing, and it's like this Farmville kind of thing where there's just, you buy, like, bread and all kinds of stuff. You're, like, buying the shovel with <laughs> actual money to dig up the things, and it's, like, this horrible experience, all because people couldn't handle paying $10 for a Mario game on iOS. Yeah, I I hope this doesn't scare them away from this model. I think it's a good model, especially for Nintendo. It's not going to work for everybody, but with Nintendo, people expect to pay for a game. I, at least I I would have thought people would expect to pay for a game, but I guess that's not the case. And that's definitely disappointing because since you can, can kind of control the height of your jump by, you know, tapping on the screen longer, it does give you kind of a little bit more control. Like, Part of me likes that, but on the other side, it seems like sometimes I'm, I just want to jump on the Goomba heads and, you know, you jump past it or you jump short because you can't, you know, when in a typical Mario game, you press A and he jumps right. a certain thing. You can kind of get into the flow and rhythm of hopping from Goomba to Goomba. But this game, since you're varied height, it doesn't even seem like you can pull that off. And that's how he kind of tripped over anything. But then also it seems like there's a lot less ways to die because well, yeah, because they let yeah. you just run into things and you'll you'll jump over them and yeah he just does like he hops over a goomba if you don't press the screen like you could just stare at the game and he can make it a long ways without you pressing the screen at all right and there are other characters you can unlock and you do that by collecting those toads of varying colors uh, the one the one frustrating thing can be you can't control which color toads necessarily you're going to get you can pick an opponent with colors that you're looking to get but it's not always going to guarantee you're going to get the colors or the amounts that you're going to want to unlock certain things. But eventually, like, you can unlock other characters. I unlocked Yoshi, and he has, like, a weird kind of floaty almost kind of jump to him. And then he can also run over spikes. He's okay going, touching spikes. So you can unlock various characters, and they can help you get by certain areas of the the levels a little easier. So you, you start to learn how the different characters react to things, and then you can plan out which levels you want to take them on, and they might help you get more coins or just help you uh, survive uh, to the end of the level where maybe you couldn't make it with a different character. 
and that's Super Mario Run. It is free, but keep in mind that it's going to be $10 when you get through the whole thing. Right, yep. And so next up is Field Runner's Attack. And I know we've both liked the previous installment of Field Runners, especially Field Runners 2. It's an excellent tower defense game, even though it's been released like two or three years now. But four with Field years. Runners, four years? Wow. It was July 2012, Field Runners 2 came out. Time goes by quick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we have Field Runners Attack. And this game takes those Field Runner art design and theme and just no just knowledge of. <laughs> And essentially makes it Clash of Clans. This is oh, Field yes. Runners of Clans or whatever, Clash of Field Runners, however you want to call it. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just like that version of Call of Duty that's just like Clash of Clans. It has the whole thing. You build up your setup and then you get units and you go and attack other people's setups. You tap to send out your units. You direct them to attack certain things. And, I mean... I don't even see anything unique about it other than the name and the design. Yeah, no. This we waited four and a half years for this. Is all I could think when I started playing this. Like I loved the two the first two Field Runners games. And then this comes along and I had no idea anything about it or what it was gonna be like. And I started playing and I'm like, I hate Clash Clans and this is Clash of Clans, just skinned with the Field Runners dudes and maybe a few more knobs to make it a little more complex than Clash of Clans. But if you don't like Clash of Clans, you're not going to like this game, because it's pretty much the exact same thing. So, to me, who hates Clash of Clans, this is not winning me over with the Field Runners theme. It's Clash of Clans. And, I don't know, I was just so disappointed by this game that I just feel like four and a half years and this is what they came up with i mean they're not only late to the clash of clans game because everyone's already done this at this point but why if you're going to wait this long would you come out with a clone of clash of clans when you could have taken your ip and done something original rather than just copying what's out there i guess i get it you want to make money and clash of clans makes money but this late in the game you need to come up with something new it's really kind of embarrassing. Like, you understand, maybe they started on this game a while ago and it took them a long time, but there's got to be a point where you got to change things up. I mean, Clash of Clans, I think even if you're a fan of Clash of Clans, you're not going to like this just because it's so close and it doesn't really, you know, it's not right, relatively right. engaging or anything either. No, no. I mean, the missions are so bland and unappeal like there's I, I forget how many there's like 60 plus of these campaign missions but they're just so bland there's like not even that much to do it's just so mindless and i didn't feel like it was even challenging at all it just i don't know it, there was nothing there that really made me want to come back and play more and then i i was trying to play more because i knew we were going to talk about it and i'd already played enough and i like i don't even want to touch this again but I, I should dive into it some more and then i went on on saturday to try to play or maybe it was sunday and the server was down and so i couldn't even get on i tried for two hours and i couldn't even get on and i don't know what was going on with that but it's just I don't know. It's just really disappointing that this great studio that came up with this great original idea is now come to this. Yeah, <laughs> that sums it up perfectly. It is free and it's universal, so you can check it out yourself. Next up is 
level. It's just spelled LVL if you're looking for it on the App Store. And it's just a really simple puzzle game that gets nice and complex because it introduces a relatively unique concept in which you have a, a cube where each of the six sides there's going to be three colors and your goal is to say you're looking at one red side you need to put the pieces in order on the one red side and then put the pieces in order on the opposite red side so then it fills in the whole cube face so you know they're like little tetris pieces and you need to make sure that every white gap's filled and you can only do so by working together on each side so you'll have these three pieces that you need to fill in these gaps and those will fit with the other three pieces and then as you go there's going to be more and more pieces on each cube face to deal with so are you working on each individual side on their own or you have a jumble of pieces and now you got to figure out how to use them across multiple sides the pieces are on the cube already and essentially you're just dragging and dropping them to reposition them okay and then so you're basically trying to position so you fill that side yeah okay. the sides have to work with, together so like so there's six sides of a cube and you split it up by three colors that means each facing side or each opposite side is going to have to work together right they have the same colors yeah 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 and i mean it's surprisingly not surprisingly it's just a really good core puzzle concept to challenge you and then they build upon it, you know, introduce new colors and then more pieces on a face. And it gets nice and challenging as you go. And it's just that kind of puzzle game where it's easy to get in the rhythm of just going from level to level. Yeah, it looked kind of neat. It looked like one of those those ones where, yeah, you would get kind of just lost in it. And all of a sudden you're 20, 30 puzzles in. You're like, where'd the time go? Yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> and it's it's nice to just come across a new puzzle concept. I mean, we've had different cube type of puzzle games that Tetris, Tetronimo piecing pieces together. But to have it where you need to work on two things at once, it's a really neat idea. That way, every single move you do, you know, it has an inverse. And it's neat to because it's mirrored. So you kind of can think about it as you're working on one side to get things going. Right. So you're you basically you have to rotate the cube and then you would see only just a solid color and then you know you did it right. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then okay. it locks into place. So that side you don't have to worry about that color you don't have to worry about. OK. Yeah. I got it. I'm looking at the screenshots and trying to figure this out. OK. Yeah. That is and neat. so, yeah, it's level LVL and it's a dollar ninety nine and it's universal. Okay, and then one last one I want to talk about. It came out, uh, I think, last week, and it's Bully Anniversary Edition. This is the Rockstar Games. <clears throat> it's the 10th anniversary of this game. Originally, it came out on the PS2, uh, obviously 10 years ago, if it's 10th anniversary. Uh, and it's another one of their big, like, open-world, kind of sandbox-style games. I, I had heard of this game before, but I had never played it before. And basically, it tells the story of, you're this 15-year-old uh, juvenile delinquent that is now going to this, uh, like, really... Your name is Jimmy, and you're going to this uh, kind of a corrupt prep school that like all it's got all these prefects and teachers and everyone's kind of corrupt everyone's kind of mean to you and they're calling you names and you're just trying to kind of regain social status you you used to be like a, a big man and used to be a bully but now you're trying to 
uh, fit in and help the kids that are getting bullied and gain respect of, of your peers. And so you basically you go around and you have to attend classes. If you try to skip classes, then uh, you are you get in trouble. And then eventually, if one of the people roaming the halls catches you, they throw you in a class. And the various classes, they are equate to mini games. And so you might do like a little frog dissection in biology class, or you have like a little word puzzle game where you're trying to form words out of a group of letters in the English class. And you compete in these little kind of mini games while you're in the, the classes. But really, the core of the game is going around roaming around the school you're going to get into fights you're going to try to like woo girls you're going to try to uh take on other little missions that the teacher might ask you to do and basically eventually gain respect and work your way through this year of school that you're in this new place and just trying to survive but gain uh respect and it's an interesting game. I, I found it a bit confusing to figure out what I had to do. It wasn't as clear, I think, as in like the GTA games. But even in those, you kind of roam the city and eventually stumble upon like a new mission to do. Where this one, it, it almost seemed a little less obvious what you had to do outside of the core thing. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I found myself just kind of wandering in this game and every night you have to go to bed and then you wake up and then you go back. You have to go during school during those core hours again, but then you can kind of goof off and do other things. As long as you don't get caught, you skip the classes. But I, I spent hours playing this game and it says it only 20 hours of content, but I gotta imagine I'm a good three or four hours in and it tells you the percentage actually probably more than that probably six hours in and it tells you the percentage done and i'm like some tiny percentage done so i'm just kind of wandering around punching people trying if you get into too many fights you can get in trouble for being violent and then you kind of get thrown out and then you gotta start over that day again uh and so you can get away with certain things, but you got to be careful what you're doing. And it's just a interesting concept. But uh, if you like the GTA style games, it has that kind of feel, but much different because you're not have the gun, the gun violence and all that. In fact, if you're too violent, you're going to get in trouble here. Uh, but you can, it does have punching. It does have language, but uh, for the most part, it's kind of like an exploration mission based game. And so it's, there's not as many focused kind of mission tasks to go on. I, I don't know that it tells you that they are. I think there are there because I, I looked up after I got really confused. I started to look up reviews of like the, the console versions of it. And it sounded like it was pretty. There's a lot of these missions to go on, but I don't I don't know. I'm just kind of roaming blind in, in a lot of this game and I trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. It does show you where you have to go to class when when that starts. You get a roam you see on the map, you see a little bell and then you have to find that bell. But sometimes it's in a completely different building. You're not even like the main school building. You might have to go do wrestling in the gym. And so now you have to figure out that that bell is not actually in the current map. It's actually behind the school. Then you got to leave the school. You got to avoid getting into fights while you're going uh over to the gym and then get and then you'll have like the the adults will start to chase you down if they see you out of out of the classroom you can usually outrun them fairly easily uh if you ever hit a girl or get or punch a girl or get into a fight with a girl then you're immediately expelled and and they immediately force you to to restart uh but uh 
yeah, it, I just found it a little difficult to figure out exactly what these missions were, but I know there's a lot of them. That's good to know. But, but I still found it entertaining, even though I'm kind of clueless going through this thing. I, I'm still finding it uh, pretty entertaining. Which is definitely all you're really asking for. Yeah. And so that's Bully. It's six ninety nine, and it's universal. And I think that's everything for episode 212. Yeah, that's all I got. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. And have a happy holiday, because I think we're not going to talk to you until after Christmas. So Good catch there. <laughs> talk to you later.